Hi there, this is Bob Joyce. Go to our website, bobjoyce.org, and listen to our music and hear the good news of Jesus preached. God bless you and keep you safe in His arms. Fill my living shall not be in Yeah, that's all now. <laughs> Glory to God. All right. God bless you all for being here this morning. And thank you, Matt, for coming. <laughs> Please stand with me one more time. Would you do it? Please. <laughs> Lord, you are welcome here this morning. The Spirit of the Lord is always welcome. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for loving us and being mindful of us. Thank you, Lord, because you know us. That's everything. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Touch every heart, Lord. Bless everyone that's here. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. God bless. Thank you, Lord. There's nothing in life that's really more comforting than knowing that you're loved or that somebody knows who you are. Supposing you lived in the world where no one knew you. Anybody? But you belong to a family. You have loved ones around you. Somebody. Somewhere. that loves you and cares about you and, and knows who you are. You're not a stranger. You may be to most people, but you're not to somebody. That's a good feeling. It's always a good feeling to know when you've gone away somewhere that you come back home. There's no place like home. No matter where you may roam, it's always good to come home. Or you can take your shoes off. Relax. Slop around. Go get a <laughs> go get a cookie. <laughs> or Dr. Pepper. <laughs> go sit in your favorite chair. Relax. Turn on the boob tube. If you want to. Do anything you want because you're home. It's wonderful to know that you belong. Amen. Amen. When Paul wrote to Timothy, the second letter to Timothy,
He wrote, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. Number one, the Lord knows them that are His. Number two, let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. The Lord knoweth them that are His. It matters not what people may say or think or believe or teach or preach. How well they may do it, it doesn't matter where they may go, how often they go, to whatever church they may go to. Doesn't matter how loud you may be, or how proud you may be, or how smart you may be. What matters is, is that the Lord knows who you are. Man, that's everything. Jesus said many would come to him in that day and say, Lord, Lord, have we not cast out devils in your name and done many mighty works in your name, prophesied in your name? And I will say to them, depart from me, ye that work iniquity, for I never knew you. This is the seal of the foundation. God knows those that are here. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And I call my sheep by name and they hear my voice. And I know the sheep. I know whose are mine. And they know me. And they know my voice. And a stranger, they will not follow. All that the Father hath given to me shall come to me. And he who comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. Belonging. That is the most comforting, assuring thing that could possibly ever be the most horrible words you could ever hear would be, depart from me. I never knew you. But to hear those words, welcome. Inherit the kingdom that my Father has prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Those are the most beautiful words you'll ever hear. Amen. Glory. Jesus said, I know those who are mine. How can we know? How do we know that he knows? How do we know that God knows us? It's just something we say. 
Or is it real? Is it something really... Is there a real experience there? Is there something that we really have? We know for sure. We hoping? Are we just hoping that that's true? Does God give us more than just a nudge? Does it just give us clues to the truth? Are we just repeating what someone said to us? How can we know that He knows us? You haven't seen God. He hasn't appeared to you. You haven't heard His voice. How do you know? In Romans, the 8th chapter, it says that the Spirit that God has given to us bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Knowing the Lord is not just some notion. It's not just some decision that you make. It's a reality. It's a knowing. Just like you know who you are. I hope you know who you are. <laughs> At least I hope I know what you are. It's more than just, I've decided to do this. Or to hear somebody say something that convinces you, you kind of, well, that makes a little sense. I guess I'll go along with that. That's not going to get it. Everyone that God knows He makes you to know that He knows. Let me say that again, in case you didn't get it. I mean, I want to be very clear. Very clear. God will make you to know that He knows. And no man can tell you different. Because God has made you to know. Everyone who believes on the Son has the witness of God within him. And the witness of God is greater than the witness of man. He that believes on the Son of God has the witness within himself. Amen. He knows. Amen. He knows. Do you know that you're loved? Do you know that you belong here in this world and this earth? Do you know that you have a family? Do you know, do you know that you know that you know? Jesus said, he that follows me shall not walk in darkness. This is the seal. He that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. What is iniquity? It's darkness. 
He that follows me shall not walk in darkness. But shall have the light of life. Amen. Amen. What does it mean then to follow Jesus? First of all, to believe. To find an interest in. After all, you're not going to follow something or someone that you have no interest in. Is there something about him that interests you? He who adheres to or desires to draw close. Many people were shunned by Jesus. or they, Jesus was shunned by many people. They turned him away. But many were drawn to him. Like a magnet. Isn't that funny? That's strange. The Son of God, the perfect man, the Savior of the world, and many were turned away from Him. But there were those that were drawn to Him. And Jesus said, No man can come to Me except it be given to him of My Father. No man can come to me except the Spirit of my Father draws him. God knows who you are. That's everything. Hallelujah. Matthew 13. I found it. Matthew 13. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure hidden in the field that a man finds. When he finds it, he hides it. He hides it. And he goes away and he sells everything that he has to buy that field. Yes. <coughs> I've often wondered, Lord, what does this mean? What does this, what does this parable mean? What is the field? What does the field mean? kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in the field. What, what is this field? You ever have anybody ask you the question, what field are you in? Sure you have. Medicine? Physics? Politics? God help you. <laughs> what field are you in? Building? Oil? Law? 
public relations? What field are you in? What does that mean? Wherein lies your interests? Where does your interests lie? Money, fame, fortune. Anything. Some people in the field of nothing. <laughs> the field of do nothing. They have no interests in anything. Where does our interest lie? When they found the treasure. Everything they had. It was worth every effort they could make. Do you have an interest in God? Do you think that the things of God are of greater value than anything else? Is to follow Jesus the best thing that you could possibly do in life. Of all of the goals you set in life, of all the things you tried to achieve in your lifetime, is following Jesus the greatest thing you could possibly do. Is He worth your time and effort? Is He worth you? Giving up anything, everything. If he asked you to, would you do it? You remember the rich young ruler that came to Jesus and said, Lord, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, keep the commandments. Well, I've done all that. From my youth up, I've, I've kept all the commandments. I've done everything the law requires of me. What else must I do? Is there anything I can do? My interest lies in eternal life. I want to have eternal life. I realize in all of my efforts in life and all of my achievements that I have in life, all the money that I've made and all the things that I've done, I realize that eternal life is so important to me. I'm willing to go the last mile. I am willing, Lord, Master, to do what you tell me here and now. What do you want of me? You're the master. You're the rabbi. You're the teacher. Tell me. What must I do? What a question to ask. What a question for a man like him to ask. Who had achieved so much. And had so much. He didn't lack for anything. He had everything he wanted. There wasn't anything that was refused him. He could buy anything he wanted. He could look out across the world and say, everything out there, I can have anything I want. It's mine if I want it. But I realize 
eternal life. When all my wealth is gone, when everything is gone, I live on. I want to live. What must I do? We know the answer. Jesus said, there's one little thing <laughs> Sell everything you have. <laughs> Give it all up. Let go. Take up your crawl and come. Follow me. The man who found the treasure sold everything. Everything he had. The rich man was sorrowful. Oh, when Jesus said that, it hit him like a ton of bricks. <coughs> Bam! Jesus could have knocked him over with a... worked for all that I have gone through in life to get where I'm at now and you want me to give all that up surely I can have you and that too there's got to be a way fix it <laughs> can fix it up. Talk to the boss. Fix it up. I mean, after all, I got a lot of money, man. I can help you out a lot. Did Jesus have anything against money? No. As a matter of fact, they carried a bag with them with money in it to provide for their needs. And many of the women, of the, the prominent women of that time, so, you know, gave, gave to their needs and helped them out. And they kept the bag. Judas kept the bag. Remember Judas, don't you? <laughs> he was a thief. He'd put his hand down the batter once in a while, go buy him a Dr. Pepper and a candy bar or something, you know. <laughs> it's not money that's evil, it's the love of money. Is the root of all evil. The man loved his money, his position. More than having eternal life. He went away. He was so excited when he met Jesus. He was so excited when he met Jesus for the first time. He was ecstatic. He was beside himself. I'm going to go meet Jesus. 
can you imagine I'm going to meet this man and he's going to tell me what I can do? When he found out what he had to do, he let the air out of him, man. He deflated him. <laughs> Jesus said, how hardly shall a rich man enter into the kingdom of heaven. Easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. What did he mean? Is it a sin to be rich? No. But whatever it is in your life that God has blessed you with, give it all to God. Use it for the furtherance of the kingdom of God. Use it to help. Use it to do what God bids you to do. Use whatever God's put into your hand for His glory and come and follow Jesus. Whatever it is your hand finds to do, the Scripture tells us, do with all of your might. Do it for the glory of God. Whatever position God places you in in life, always know whose you are. Don't get lost. Don't get taken away by the world. Don't let the world snatch you away. Cling fast to Jesus. Hold fast. Lift up the banner. Stand your ground. Be proud of who you are. Yes. You know, we hear about proud, proud Indians and proud whoever people may be in this world. Proud of who we are, you know, who are, you know, where we come from. But more than anything, I am so glad and proud to be. A child of the living God. I mean, I got all kinds of blood in me, you know. Irish, English, Indian. I even got a little bit of Jew in me. But more than, more than that, I have the blood of Emmanuel. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah! I said I have the blood of Emmanuel flowing through my veins. Hallelujah. Man, I'm just barely getting into this. We have a town in Arkansas called Murfreesboro. Have you ever heard of it? How many hillbillies we got here? You know about it. All the visitors here this morning, you don't know anything about Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro. It's the only town that has a diamond mine, open mine, where people can go in. <laughs> If you sell everything you have, you can buy one day's uh, worth of interest in going to the mine out there. <laughs> They'll let you have interest in one day to sit there all day long and sift through the sand. I know I did it one day. All I found was a hot spot and a sore spot. <laughs> But I had an interest <laughs> to do it. 
When Moses met the Lord, when he met God, when he first saw the burning bush, he was leading his sheep in that area. And he looked out across and he saw that fire. He saw a fire. He saw a bush burning, but it was not being consumed. It's a great wonder. Hmm. Am I seeing what I think I see? That bush is not burning, but it's on fire. That's strange. I think I'll go check it out. So he was drawn to the bush. When God does something wondrous, it draws us. When God is in the midst doing something wonderful, it usually draws us and catches our attention. And we want to come and see what's going on. It's like this church here. People come here and say, what in the world is going on over at that church? <laughs> so you have an interest in what's going on. And when he drew near to the bush to inspect it, God spoke to him. The angel of the Lord in the, in the flaming fire spoke to him out of the bush. Take off your shoes. You're standing on holy ground. First thing God does is remove everything that separates us from His presence, from His holiness. God doesn't want any man-made thing to separate us from Him. Take those shoes off. Take your shoes off. Man, I want to feel your feet. Nothing between. I don't want nothing between me and you. When you come to God, it's just going to be you and God. You can't bring anything with you. Nothing to separate you. It's you and God. Nothing you can carry. Nothing you can bring. Nothing you can do. It's just you and the way God made you. Amen. When Moses left, God sent him down to Egypt. He was a different man. He'd been in Egypt for 40 years, being raised up by Pharaoh's daughter in the, in the palace and the courts of Pharaoh. He had learned all of the wisdom and knowledge there was to know in Egypt and all the riches and wealth and comforts of the land. But the Bible tells us that Moses chose rather to suffer with the people of God and counted the reproach of Christ greater than the riches of Egypt. And when he fled Egypt because he'd slain a man, he went out into the wilderness for 40 years, 40 more years, got married, had some kids, And he met God. And after he met God and God sent him back to Egypt, he wasn't the same man. He wasn't afraid. See, when he ran before, he was fearing for his life. But this time, he wasn't afraid. He went to stand before Pharaoh. When you meet God, It'll change your life. When you know that God is calling you, it will change your life. Yes. 
Moses was born for a purpose. For a reason. And everything changed when he realized his relationship with God. And the thing about it is, the very place where he met God at the burning bush in the wilderness, when God sent him into Egypt, wherever, wherever he went from that, from that point on, everywhere he went and everything he did, as God led him through and leading the people out of the bondage of Egypt, God was leading him right back to the place where he met him. Did you ever see that before? He led him right back to the mountain where he first met him. He said, I want you to go to, go, go to Egypt, bring my people out and bring them back to this mountain. So praise God, wherever it is you go through life, do you hear me this morning? Wherever it is you're going through life right now, if you know the Lord, the Lord is bringing you around, but He'll always bring you back to where you first met Him. God's not going to let you go and get astray and forget about Him. Yeah. You're going to come back to the very place where you first met God. How many times have I prayed when, as, as a Christian throughout my lifetime and I said, Lord, I just want to be near you. I'm not asking you for anything. You know all of my woes and problems and trouble. You know all of my requests. You know everything that I need. But more than anything, Lord, I just want to draw near to you. Because I treasure the presence of God more than anything I could possibly do. Lord, I'll do your will. I'll do what you tell me to do. I'll go where you tell me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. But Lord, I want your presence to be with me. Because I treasure your presence more than anything. The presence of God is of more value than gold. It's more value of more value than anything you can offer God. Take off your stinking shoes. <laughs> I don't want anything you can offer me. It's what I want to give to you. Give me thine heart. Lord, what do you want of me? He wants all of you. He doesn't want the work of your hands. He doesn't want anything that you have accomplished in life. He doesn't want anything that you have accumulated in your life. Let me look at the record here. Oh, I see you done pretty good. Uh-huh, yeah. Well, I'm real good. Look at what you did here. That's great. Bring it all up here. I don't want any of that. I want all of your heart and all of your soul and your mind. Hallelujah. I want you to expand all of your strength. I want all of your love. I want your interest. I want you to follow me. I want you to listen to me. I want you to hear me. I want you to stand in my presence. I want you to bask in the light of me. When Paul met Jesus on the road to Damascus, He didn't seek someone's advice. What is the protocol? <laughs> what must I do now? Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I follow this man? What is your advice? 
After all, Paul was an educated man. He was a prominent leader in his nation. He was an important man. He wasn't just some humdrum hillbilly. He had papers from the Sanhedrin. He had authority. He was a man of power and influence. Everybody listened to him. He was directing his nation in the way that they thought they should go by destroying the group called Christians. Or the way, as they called it in those days. The way will destroy the way. He held men and women off to prison to their death. He was not a man to mess with. You don't want to fool around with Paul. Saul as he was then. You don't want to fool around with Saul. He'll get you. But when he met Jesus, suddenly, suddenly, Lord, what would you have me do? Those words tell me that at that very moment, Everything that he ever knew and everything that he was bent on doing all of his life summed up in that moment in his mind. Compared to Jesus, he realized it's nothing. At that very moment, I believe Saul gave up all that he had and all that he was and all that he hoped to be to follow Jesus. Lord, what do you want me to do? I know who I am. I know what I've been. I know what I can do. I have the power, I have the authority. I have the zeal of God. I am a man of God after all. I'll do what I want to do, but Lord, what do you want me to do? Suddenly, he found the treasure. His interest in Christ had caused him to forget everything he ever knew. This is something I've never experienced before. This is something I've never seen before. I've never heard before. I've never known before. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me in my life. Lord, what do you want me to do? Go anywhere you want to go. I'll say what you want. I'll be whatever you want. Lord, I'm yours. Take me. Take me. Suddenly he didn't value anything else. Suddenly. That's what I call knowing. Suddenly you know. What does it mean to be a Christian? Knowing. I think Nicolas Cage made a movie called Knowing. We know. Yeah. Whatever it is, Father, you want of me. You want what I have? Here, anything I want, any, anything, all things, everything. What do you want? 
everything I have melts in the light of Christ. All of my interests in the world suddenly melt away. And soon, instantly forgotten in the light of Christ. What do you want of my life? What have you counted on with me? What pact do I make with you? What agreement do I come in with you? The Lord says, I will lift you out of the darkness and lift you up high in the heavenly places. Hallelujah! And I'll put you on holy ground. Everybody stand with me. Hallelujah. I've got more to say or to preach, but I can't, I can't keep going. i got to stop. Oh, where, oh, where shall I wonder? Where, tell me where shall I go? Where, where, oh, where could I go? Mm. Tell me where, where. Where could I go? Seeking refuge for my soul. Oh, I'm needing a friend to help me, save me in the end. Oh, where, where could I go but to the Lord? I can't go back to Jerusalem. I can't go back to my fishing nets in Galilee. I can't go back to the tack table. Where will I go? The Lord says, come follow me. I'll show you. I'll show you where you're going to go. Hallelujah. You're going to go to places you never even dreamed of. You're going to have riches untold you never even thought of. He that leaves brother, sister, Mother, father, wife, lands for my sake shall receive a hundredfold in this life. Brothers, sisters, mothers. He didn't say wives. Lands and inheritance of eternal life. When the Lord saved me, it happened. Turn around and look at one another. And when you look at one another, you're looking at my brother and my sister. Look at here, my beautiful sister. All of you. If you love the Lord this morning, you are my brother and you are my sister. And this is my little mama right here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lands, I kind of got, got that figured out quite yet. But I'll say this much, that as children of God, with the love of God in our hearts, just like Jesus, when we really love and care for one another, what I have is yours. And what you have is for me. We help one another with what we have. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Man, you can't get any richer than that. You can't get any better than that. You can't get any more than that. 
Jesus said, follow me. And you will not walk in darkness. C.S. Lewis said, and I'll close. C.S. Lewis. I can see everything clearly on this earth in the light of the sun. And I can see just so everything clearly in life by the light of God's Word. We need a little light on the subject, amen? Amen. We need light on the subject. Whatever that subject is, we need light to guide us. I want to be enveloped. I want to be captured. I want to be a prisoner of the light, not of what it shines on. Did you see it? Did you hear what I said? I want to be captured by the light not by what it shines on. I want to be owned by the light. We are children of the light and of the day. Not of the darkness. We're not walking in darkness. We're walking in light. We have found the light. We have found the way to go. And we've left all behind to follow it. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you for giving us a sense of value, of real value. It's in you. Thank you, God, for all of your blessings that you've given us in this life. I thank God for my house, my car, clothes on my back, the shoes on my feet. The Dr. Pepper in the refrigerator. (laughs) The silver in my pocket. And the dollar bills folded up that God gives to me. But everything that I have is His. He just lets me use it. I thank God for this building, this church. I thank God for you people most of all. And God just puts you in our life to bless you and to comfort you and to encourage you and to help you and to pray for you. But you all belong to Him. Everybody in this church that goes to this church are members of this church, this body. But we all belong to Him. Be careful how you treat one another. You're messing with one of God's kids. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't mess with me, boy. My father's being my father is listening and watching what you're doing. You don't mess with God's kids. Have we finally found something worth living for? Have we finally found the treasure of life? Do we relish, do we bask in the warmth and the goodness of God? And when we sin and fail, do we come tearfully, pleadingly, Humbly, Father, forgive me. I took my eyes off it for a moment and it just happened. We're all human. We can get our eyes off of it. Say, and the Lord had to snap his finger. Holy Spirit, remember me. Hallelujah. 
I could talk more, but I got to shut up. <laughs> Peter, do you love me? More than these? Let's see. The brim, the bass. Catfish, oh, we gotta have the catfish. <laughs> I love my catfish. <laughs> I love my boat. I love the smell of the sea. I love the feel of the ropes and the nets. I like the smell, I like the fish. <laughs> But do you love me more than these? But Lord, I love my job. I love everything I do. But do you love me more? Have you found me to be of greater value of interest? I'll bless you more than you could ever imagine. I'll give you more fish than you could ever catch. I'll give you more gold than you could ever dig. Hallelujah. I have found the treasure. Hallelujah. Kingdom of God is not meat and drink but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. This is the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And I'd rather come to church and feel that thing going up and down my backbone than I would sit in a bar somewhere drinking. I'd be rather, be, rather <laughs> be around God's people and see the smile on the face and give them a great big hug. And have supper with one another. And swap stories with one another. Amen. And to live in the pleasures of this world. Turn around and look at one another. You are my pleasure. You are my pleasure in Christ. God gave you to me to enjoy. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! God gave you one another to help one another, love one another, and enjoy one another in the Lord. Amen. What a great privilege it is to be in the household of God, in the family of God. Amen. Thank you, Father, for bringing us out of such a dark, deep place into the light of your glory. Thank you, Father, for bringing us from sin and shame to the brightness of your grace and redemption. Thank you, Lord, for lost and undone. and You washed us in your blood. You redeemed us and saved us that we might come to know our God in a real, personal way. We treasure you above all. We look to you above all. We live each day of our lives looking unto you. Forgive us when we look away. Forgive us when we forget. But you gave us your Holy Spirit to remind us whose we are. Thank you, Father, for blessing us so much. And may we be that mouthpiece, may we be that vessel for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for hanging around with us.